You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! I read you. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. Unplugged. Welcome to episode 19 of The Middle Unplugged, a break in the middle of the week when we reclaim the microphone from the far left and the far right and try to carve out some time for a less shrill and less extreme and generally less angry conversation. Welcome to my Brenda Vaccaro voice. I've got my hot tea here on a Wednesday morning. It's great to have you along. Here we are three years almost to the day of when the pandemic and COVID swept through New York City. It was March 3rd when New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced the first recorded case of person-to-person spread in New York State. It had been confirmed in a New Rochelle man who was working at a Midtown law firm. Six days later, on March 9th, Mayor Bill de Blasio announced that there were 16 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the city. That was 2020. And our number of the week this week is 757,264,511. That's the cases to date, according to the World Health Organization. And there have been 6,850,594 deaths. That is if the reports are true and accurate, meaning I report these numbers to you with moderate confidence, mostly because we don't know if China has been telling the truth. You see where I'm going with all this? A couple of days ago, there was news about one of the enduring mysteries of the COVID outbreak. Where did it start? Well, more precisely, how did it start? Now, I call it news only by the most generous interpretation of that word. Because, you know, let's face it, news implies some kind of information, something that we learned. But this is the actual headline in the New York Times. Lab leak most likely caused pandemic, Energy Department says. And then the subhead is, the conclusion was made with low confidence, came as intelligence agencies remain divided over the origin of the coronavirus. But before we get into the reaction to the story, let's take a look at the story itself, because probably, or there's a good chance that you only saw all the reaction to it or only saw that headline. I mean, it's a bit like a fraction of a fraction math problem. Like, what is most likely divided by low confidence? I mean, is that equal to likely times modest confidence? What do these words even mean? Essentially, what we learned that something was a maybe. The story was like a, I mean, I don't know, a Jenga tower of words that equal. We don't know anything. We don't know any more than when you started reading this story. I mean, let's read directly from the New York Times. I mean, these, this isn't even satire. They talk about how the Energy Department concluded, and although that's a use, a use of the word I might quibble with, that the leak, that the COVID came from a laboratory leak in China. And very early in the story, it says that that was a change from the department's earlier position, right? They obviously came to this from some other. And the earlier position was, wait for it, the earlier position was they were undecided. So now they believe this with low confidence. And some officials that were briefed on the intelligence, the story says, said that it was, quote, relatively weak and that the energy department's conclusion was made 
with low confidence, suggesting that its level of certainty was not high. Now, this is the second paragraph of the story. All of those caveats. And then in the third paragraph, it has that sentence that we should all be skeptical of, given some of the episodes that we've seen with classified information. Officials would not disclose what the intelligence was. That is in the third paragraph. So right away, you know from this big, earth-shattering news story that someone who read this stuff maybe had their position changed and the information was relatively weak, but we here at the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal was the same. Everyone got this in the same place. Would not disclose what the intelligence was. So you, the listener, are not able to go out and say, okay, let me take a look at that and judge it for myself. Then they go on to say that finding an answer in the fourth paragraph, finding the answer about the source of the virus may be difficult or even impossible given Chinese opposition to further research. See if there's anything else in here. Oh, in addition... The Energy Department and the FBI also concluded with moderate confidence that the virus first emerged accidentally from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, a Chinese lab. So now the FBI is a little bit more confident than the Energy Department. Four other intelligence agencies, the National Intelligence and the National Intelligence Council, have concluded with low confidence that it came from natural transmission, probably from the wet market there. And then there are other agencies still... Hold on, let me see if it quotes how many other agencies. And there are other agencies still that have no position at all. So this is theoretically a new story. So let me just go ahead and summarize it, okay? Summary number one, we don't actually know the answer because the one entity with actual knowledge of all this is unwilling to share it and provide, you know, access, and that's China, okay? So the one thing we know from this story is that we don't know the answer. We know from this story that one agency that is guessing has changed their guess from we don't know to we think something but have low confidence in our guess. We know from this story that the other agencies have also said they don't know. And now they say they are unpersuaded by the new guesses. I left that out in the new story, is that the other agencies have not changed their position despite the Energy Department. Now, I won't get into why the Energy Department even has jurisdiction here, but we know that now. And we know that the other agencies who guessed a different thing are sticking with their own guesses. So like I said, this is news only by the broadest interpretation of the word. It's barely even, I mean, I don't even think you'd even call it information. But the reaction did teach us some stuff we probably already knew. In the age of social media... The headline, even one larded with caveats, is all most people need to read. And as the story first broke, just to give you evidence of this, listen to how clearly we know what Newsmax is, but listen to how these newsreaders played it out. There are questions we're following this morning about where COVID originated. This after a bombshell new report from the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, that's right. If you haven't seen it, the paper citing a classified intelligence report from the U.S. Energy Department, which said the coronavirus most likely leaked from a lab. The Energy Department oversees the American nuclear weapons program and, according to the journal, has a great deal of scientific expertise. The determination was reportedly made, though, with low confidence. So there's the warning for you. So there you go. There's the warning for you. It's tacked on at the end, the low confidence part. You know, they didn't do any of the stuff that I did. But 
Okay, so they report out the Wall Street Journal, and, and yeah, I quoted from the New York Times because I don't want to pay about, go behind the Wall Street Journal paywall. But in a matter of seconds, the story was basically reduced to case closed. The Chinese lab did it. And this is now, I'm going to say about four hours later, this is Fox News ramping this up. Hello, everyone. I'm Anita Vogel, along with Guy Benson, Nicole Sapphire, and Gianno Caldwell. And welcome to the Big Sunday Show, the big story tonight. The lab leak theory, which many scientists and conservatives were slammed for suggesting as the origin of COVID-19, now being accepted as fact by the Energy Department. The Wall Street Journal, citing a classified intelligence report recently provided to the White House and key members of Congress, reports, quote, the Energy Department now joins the Federal Bureau of Investigation in saying the virus likely spread via a mishap at a Chinese laboratory. The Energy Department's conclusion is the result of a new intelligence and is significant because the agency has considerable scientific expertise and oversees a network of U.S national laboratories, some of which conduct advanced biological research. This is a big 180 from the insistence from Democrats and the media that the lab leak theory was a conspiracy. So there you go. You heard a new word introduced there, fact. You left, you now had none of the caveats that were included. At least they put in there's your warning little bit in the Newsmax story early on. But that what you heard there was after this thing was fully digested, meaning in about an hour by the, you know, the hyper news machine. And they now came to the place that this was fact and they read the whole credentials of the energy department. And it became case closed. The Chinese lab did it and we told you so and Biden hates America. Well, maybe that last part they didn't actually say. But if you're confused about why this sliver of a story is such a big deal, you can be forgiven. You know, the posture of the Trumpers of the world as it relates to COVID in China has been all over the map. So if you're confused, you're perfectly forgiven for being so. You know, recall in January or February, at the very beginning of COVID, when this was just a beginning of a story, Trump said more than 20 times that China had this under control. He was basically very pro-Xi. If you remember, the timing was he was trying to ramp down this trade war that he started, but stamped on this trade war. He was pro-Xi, said no big deal. They're doing a great job managing this. Then the line of crazy started to ramp up. And in May of 2020, that same Donald Trump called this the worst attack on America since Pearl Harbor and said the Chinese had launched a bioweapon and it was worse than 9-11. You know, well, first off, you know, this isn't really a told you so about that, but, you know, the no evidence ever emerged that Chinese had developed as this as a weapon. Put that aside for a moment. And by the way, if Trump is a commander of chief, and I don't want to go revisit and relitigate the whole COVID thing, if he really thought this was an attack by the Chinese, then why the hell didn't he fight back at the time? This was all going on when Donald Trump was president, obviously. But then the next thing that the contortion that continued after that was the next thing was that COVID was just this minor thing. They called it the China flu or whatever. So suddenly the right wing wasn't making a big deal about where it came from. It's almost as if they didn't care so long as they can downplay how important this was. So it's no longer this big biological attack. Now it's just a flu or whatever. And then when it came time to figure out how to talk about the vaccine, they all called it a conspiracy by international imperialists or Bill Gates injecting little computers into our arms or something like that. So basically, so this idea that we've been telling you 
we told you so about the Chinese. Look, my point is this big aha moment to own the libs about China doesn't really add up because people have been all over the place on the right about how to discuss COVID and how to talk about the Chinese and how to talk about many of this. But one thing about the reporting and the conversation about this question, about the origin of COVID, is that we should revisit. And that just because Trump was hysterical and contradictory about China, and just because conservatives have made, you know, kind of all things Chinese the enemy of the moment, does not mean that the Chinese lab theory should have been discounted completely. I mean, it's sort of crazy to have a novel international pandemic-created virus start in one place. They happen to have a virology lab, you know? I mean, and not even consider the possibility that that virology lab might have had something to do with where this started. And even if this is a town that has a lot of wet markets that sell bats that bite people or whatever the other emerging possibility was, that anyone who says, let's check out that lab, calling them a conspiracy theorist is wrong. Now, there was a little bit of reporting like that. There are some people who, when it suggested it might have come out of the lab. Now, but I want to point out that a lot of those people were saying that it was a bioweapon. That part, there's no reporting ever that's emerged like that. So let's take a moment to sort out what we think we know here. We know that COVID started in Wuhan. Now, Wuhan is a city of 10.7 million people that in that big city, it has a virology lab, And it also has wet markets, two places that have a lot of diseases in them. We know that the Chinese will not share information or permit inspection of the lab, and maybe that they never will. And we know that the Biden administration asked for everyone's opinion. And when they came back with maybe lab, they came back with maybe the market, They came back with, we don't know. And it turns out almost to be exactly split in the intelligence community, a third, a third, a third, when Biden asked his people to try to figure out what exactly happened. We know, while interesting and even important for preventing problems in the future, this piece of information does nothing to change all of the other ways we did a lousy job of being prepared for or reacting to the pandemic. We also know that any opportunity to act aggrieved, or censored, or angry, is catnip for Fox News, for the Fox News crowd. So this minor story about nothing will be treated like big, big news. And I say that with high, high confidence. We'll be right back with Listener Mail. And welcome back to The Middle Unplugged. Each week on The Middle Unplugged, we like to dip into our mailbag. You can reach out to me at at RepWiener on Twitter, R-E-P-W-E-I-N-E-R. Anthony D. Wiener on Facebook, WienerWABC at gmail.com. And we like to take calls, obviously, on the weekend show that I do 2 o'clock on Saturdays where people can call in, and they frequently do. And in this week, we hear from Miriam in Brooklyn. Miriam Brooklyn writes, Isn't Fox News being sued for having opinions about the election? Isn't this bad for the First Amendment? Now, it isn't clear if Miriam is writing from the perspective of a liberal or asking me as a liberal, or asking me, you know, is Fox News being victimized about all this? And she's referring to the case where Fox News is being sued by Dominion Voting Services, or whatever they're called, and and more and more information is emerging that looks very bad for Fox News. It shows that the people that were 
talking about these lies about the election. They were spreading them even though they knew behind the scenes that they were not true. They were talking about the effect of the conversations, you know, the effect of telling the truth on their share price and the like. And even some more things came out on early Tuesday morning about how Rupert Murdoch had been sharing advanced information about TV commercials the Biden campaign was running with with Jared Kushner. Basically, the irony is, after all of the talk about Trump saying Obama was spying on our campaign, it was actually Fox News who was spying on the Biden campaign. But and let me just make one thing clear from the question, not that it changes the meaning of it all that much. This isn't a First Amendment question. This is a this because the First Amendment is you know, rules that the state makes to limit our ability to speak. These are private businesses. This isn't an issue of whether someone was defamed, whether this company was, whether there were defamatory statements made and whether they should be held responsible for that. And there are broad protections under Supreme Court rulings for media companies to get stuff wrong. And you've heard this, you've been reading it all about the commentary about this, and I'm not a lawyer, is that was there actual malice? Was there an intent on the part of Fox News to do this harm? And should they have, once they became clear that they're harming someone, does the fact that it, they allowed it to continue and even encouraged it, does that meet the sufficient test in this lawsuit? I'll leave that for someone else to decide. But I will say that I am torn about, you know, where my rooting interest is here. On one hand, I do believe, I mean, everyone in who sits where I do wants to see Fox News get their comeuppance. And the harm done to the United States of America by having Fox be an echo chamber for undermining our confidence in elections is an attack and assault on democracy itself. On the other hand, you know, media companies are going to get stuff wrong. And there is something compelling about the argument that Fox makes when they say, hey, this is the president of the United States saying crazy stuff, making allegations. It would be kind of bizarre for us not to cover it. And furthermore, we're an opinion station. We're in a station where people have, you know, there's some news, but really we're, you know, people like Sean Hannity, these are people that state their opinions about stuff. They can have crazy opinions as well. Now, the problem is to have them know that the opinion is wrong, know that it's harmful, and know that they're still spouting it. Obviously, that goes a step too far. But I do think that there is cause for people who are very concerned about the independence of the media and, and the rights of reporters to go out and may do hard-hitting stories and to say things that may turn out to be wrong, that you do have to protect and give them some safe harbor. And there is something compelling about the idea, like imagine, you know, Donald Trump is out there on the campaign trail or after the campaign or giving speeches saying these false things. There is an argument to be made that Fox News was doing what they are paid to do by reporting what he was saying and even echoing it to some degree on their conservative airwaves. Now, if I read in the newspaper, if I open up, you know, if I listen to Noam Layton do an update on the news and he announces, breaks in to say Dominion voting has has won the case and the judge has decided to bankrupt Fox News. I mean, I, you know, yes, I believe Fox News is a, a harmful element in our dialogue in this country because of so much stuff that they make up. And apropos of the segment we just did about the about the origin of COVID-19, I think that we should have more fact-checking being done and more rigorous attachment to what's actually true, but sometimes that doesn't work out so well. So that's my mixed bag answer to Miriam's mailbag question. I thank her for, she wrote in from Brooklyn. And I want to thank you for joining me again on The Middle Unplugged. And I thank you for understanding my Brenda Vaccaro Husky voice. We'll be back again next Wednesday morning with another episode of The Middle Unplugged. I also encourage you to listen 
to all of the other podcast offerings at the Red Apple Podcast Network, including rebroadcasts and podcast versions of my Saturday show that's on at 2 o'clock on WABC called The Middle, and then Left versus Right that's on at 3 o'clock. You can also stream those if you're not near a terrestrial radio on WABCradio.com. Really do appreciate your support. Also appreciate always the work of my producer, sound designer, and voiceover artist, Michael Garcia, for helping out again with this issue. And next week, we will be back with another edition. And this is the end of The Middle Unplugged.